Hi everybody, it's Brian Castle, and uh, we're back with the Four Star Podcast. So I'm here uh, with uh, once again with Mr. Chris Reardon. Chris, hey everyone out there, how are you doing? Welcome to Chris Reardon. Uh, Chris is um, introduction. He's a newly married man. Uh, I hope that's going well, Chris. Yeah, uh, <laughs> six months now, I think. Or? Six months, right? Uh, he's the Four Star Director of Development. He's what I call the master of all things portfolio. Reports, he still loves his Cleveland Indians, caretaker of his new golden doodle puppy, Hudson, and Chris, of course, was raised near the Factory of Sadness, now the home of the not-resurgent Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Chris, again, welcome to the podcast. It's a new year, so maybe they're resurgent this year. It's right. coming here. <laughs> and I'm Brian Castle, founder and CEO of Four Star Wealth Advisors. I'm an Eagle Scout, trustee of the National Boy Scout Foundation, uh, charter advisor of philanthropy, advisor to CEOs, and insiders of companies. Most importantly, I'm the dad to Evan and Quinn, and uh, husband to the amazing Tripti, fan of the not-so-resurgent Chicago Bears, uh, and uh, we're here to do the Four Star Podcast. Uh, very interesting things happening. We're in the middle of this coronavirus. Uh, we need to kind of figure out what's happening. So uh, today, uh, Monday the 16th, uh, the markets went down uh, over 10%, 12%. That is actually the worst single day since October 19th, 1987, Black Monday, the famous Black Monday. Yep. I'm old enough, Chris, to actually have been here back then. <laughs> I was in my fourth year in the industry getting uh, registered as a young stockbroker in 1983. And we just sat on top of our desks and watched the Dow that had started the summer at 2700. At that point was about 2200 ended the day about 1,700, down 500 points or 21%. So that was a serious, serious bad day. Today was the second worst ever single day, mm -hmm. so not good. Uh, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend, but let's first talk about our positioning, where we stand, and we'll talk a little bit about what happened. So, Chris, do you want to talk about our asset classes and then what yep. we're doing? Yep. Right. So, um, as you would expect with this recent volatility, there's been a lot of movement in, our, in the asset classes overall. Um, as it stands right now, um, fixed income is now in the number one spot. Um, so it's at 259 tally points. So you'll kind of hear me referring to give you a, a kind of a, a frame of reference to where it's standing. So the number one spot has 259 tally points. Cash is currently in the number two spot for, with 234 tally points. Um, domestic equities is in the number three spot with 228. So you kind of have that still. The top three are around each other, although the one and two asset classes are certainly moving upwards. Yeah. Domestic equities has been moving downwards significantly, as most people would probably expect with yeah. the kind of market we've had. Market down 30%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, currencies is in the number fourth <clears throat> spot with 163 tally points. Commodities is in the fifth spot with 126 tally points, and international equities is in the sixth spot with 70 tally points. So a lot of movement there. Um, just even last week, over that period of time, uh, international equities lost 117 tally points in one week, which is pretty crazy. Uh, whereas currencies gained 76 tally points, cash gained 90. Uh, fixed income gained 31 points, and domestic equities lost 78 tally points. So we can really see a lot of movement there. We can see the gears starting to turn a little bit. Um, and that kind of leads into our current posturing, which is defensive. I mean, yes. we, we are on defense right now. Our dynamic allocation portfolio is, 
I think we talked about this a little last week, but 90% cash with a little bit of fixed income in there. Our U.S. tactical is 100% cash, and our moderate portfolios are 50% cash. Or slightly is, more. Yeah, or yeah. slightly more if we end up trimming a position or two, but um, they're in that range. So we, we are fully defensive right now, and we're taking uh, measures to make sure that you know we're getting out of names that they continue to fail with this market or if they continue to kind of um, you know get hit by this market. So we're trying to position our clients in names that are going to hold up uh, relative to you know names that are just getting clobbered like MGM, which was down 33% today because they're closing Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been very very ugly and and uh, we just wanted to walk through all that. So the uh, the low risk asset classes are rising uh, relatively, fixed income, cash, and currencies, and then the high risk uh, asset classes that have been in in the top positions now for almost a decade, mm -hmm. U.S. stocks, commodities, and international stocks are, are, are dropping like a stone, basically, right? Yep. Uh, commodities, not so much because gold moves up a little bit, but oil has been terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, in the last podcast, we talked about how a week ago today was the day the oil market, oil collapsed 30% uh, because of the fight between Saudi Arabia and Russia and it spilled over into the, into the oil markets and so that was a mess and anything oil related got crushed. So um, Chris talks about the tally scores. There's about 1,100, I think by exact number, 1,088 different possible tally scores where each set of indexes in each asset class are measured against every other set of indexes in the whole universe. And so then we see which are the top ranked by how many relative positive measurements versus negative measurements each one has. That's what they call what we call a tally score. So uh, we have not been in a position since 2015 where U.S. stocks have not been in the top one of the top two positions. So it's been five years since we've been in this position, and the last time was 2008 and 2009. Um, by way of reminder, for those who have been with Four Star for a number of years, 2015 was a not a, a horrible year. Markets were down single digits, but they'd started up 20% for the year. So it was about a 30% decline, which is about where we are right now. And then it stopped going down mm -hmm. uh, in, in January, essentially of January of 2016 in the first quarter. And then uh, we, we actually did very well that our clients didn't lose money that year. We didn't make much either, <laughs> but, but nobody was really down substantially that year at all. Uh, so we got a very high ranking performance wise. Uh, I think we're gonna be in that same position now because we did lay, raise a lot of cash, as Chris said. So. Every investor who is with Four Star has different different mixes of these different portfolios. Some defensive clients have only the absolute models that raise 100% cash in a bad market. Some have different mixtures of them. Mm -hmm. uh, we have two stock portfolios, capital appreciation and dividend income, that officially are fully invested. But when markets are bad like this, we'll sell things and not buy anything. So we'll get 30, 40% cash just because we don't have the stomach to buy anything because it's been so rough and uh, so that's kind of where we are now both of those portfolios about 40 percent cash also even though officially those are meant to be fully invested so as we find some names we did buy a couple things today yep in our research meeting as we find some things that are not hurting usually what happens is in a bad market when everything's getting crushed the averages are getting crushed then you can see what's not going down as much as the market Everything goes down generally, but then there's certain things that act better in a decline. And history has shown those are the stocks and investments that lead 
when the markets finally bottom and, and lead the way out. There's some reason people aren't selling them, and those are the ones that show technical strength. So we're looking for those names, those diamonds in the rough, yeah. if you will. Right? And there, there's methodologies. You know, Some people, I, the biggest one I always hear is no one wants to sell Apple because Apple's like holding cash because Apple usually holds a ton of cash. So you know whether that's right or wrong or whether it helps the, the market, there are certain names that people just kind of correlate to safety. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll they'll hold up better than you know the standard stock mm -hmm. so well in the time to make the moves that we've made is not today it was over a period of of weeks and we talk about this that uh, the process we go through to protect value in portfolios is not like a light switch on and off it's mm -hmm. like a dimmer switch so we start to turn the lights down slowly there's a process and there were three different indicators that we used to get to a substantial cash level and then when we finally bottom and we see a sustained rally it retests the lows then we'll get those same kind of signals on the other side to get back in whether it's from this level right here or maybe we go 10 to 20 percent lower mm -hmm. we really do not know how far it's going to go down but we're, we're not going to change our posture because we're heavy cash and we're very defensive and we're going to stay right there and that means the portfolios that have a little bit of stock will take a little bit of, you know, taking a little bit of water, right? But mm -hmm. everything else is holding cash. The bonds are fine. Bonds have been up. So we, we just want to make sure that we avoid major loss here. Yep. Uh, and and certainly a critical issue for retired investors, people on a fixed income. But as long as we've got these models figured out to protect uh, seniors and retired investors, a lot of younger investors don't want to lose 40 or 50% of their portfolio either, so they can benefit from those same portfolios. We still do have some clients that want to stay fully invested all the time, and they just ride it out, and that's fine too. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of our clients have uh, chosen to use some of the rotation features. And, and there, you know, for a lot of our clients, when we, you know, bring that client into the firm, we discuss all the investment options. And usually it's a combination of both, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit that's going to be set aside for risky. That's going to write it up, write it down. And like Brian said, a portion of it that's going to kind of rotate in and out. So yeah. um, usually it's somewhere in the middle. Well, the whole point of all this anyway, that's why we do financial plans with everyone. The whole point of the assets you've created is to manage your lifestyle, to have income in retirement. Uh, at a level that you're comfortable with and you take care of all your obligations, maybe donate some money to charities, take care of grandkids or whatever it might be. So uh, it's about maintaining that lifestyle and making sure that we don't lose capital to the point that mm -hmm. folks have to go back to work or other things, which would be the dire things that happened in 2008 and 2009 to some investors who retired in 05 and 06 and 07 ended up going back to work because things didn't work out. So we're, our objective is to make sure that nobody is in that position going forward. Uh, this weekend was a wild weekend. Uh, it was St. Patrick's Day uh, in Chicago, but they canceled the parade. But, but uh, the kids, a lot of the young 20-somethings were at the bars, and Pre Governor Pritzker <laughs> got angry that they were... Uh, you know, having so much fun, I think. He seemed kind of upset they, about that. They weren't practicing social distancing. No social distancing, which we're told we have to do now. Uh, and, and we do. I'm, I'm just being being flip here. But, uh, you know, clearly uh, uh, that's all going to change now because as of midnight tonight, Monday, uh, bars and restaurants are going to close. It's only going to be takeout and everything. So that's not a good thing. But over the weekend, then, the Fed realized that the pandemic was really kicking in. Uh, it was uh, declared as an emergency last week by President Trump, and the Federal Reserve made a preemptive move to go down to zero to 0.25 range on the federal funds rate interest rates, 
And so some people actually got scared by that. And that's why many people think the market was down so severely today. What does the Fed see that we don't see mm-hmm. kind of thing? Uh, so time will tell whether that was the right move or not. But the Fed is engaging in quantitative easing and lowering, in, or lowering interest rates to make sure that if the economy is slow, it's not because of liquidity. There's plenty of money, plenty of mar- money to borrow from banks, plenty of money available from the Fed. So hopefully business will slowly come back to life. Yep. Once we come through this, right? And it's more it's important now, especially, you know, when you're talking borrowing money, you're going to have, like in Illinois, restaurants that have to close. And there are going to be certain people in the service industry in particular that may, you know, need to take some short-term loans or something to bridge this gap or space. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So in 2008, September, I was in a hotel room in New York City when Ben Bernanke went on TV and talked about how we were going to zero to 0.25, and that's what that's what Federal Chairman uh, Powell did just the other day on Sunday, mm-hmm. and so we're back to where we were before, and we came out of that, so we'll come out of this as well. Uh, President Trump is now interested in backstopping certain industries that just by the way uh, things went are completely collapsing like airlines for example and hotels yep. although ironically some of the hotel companies are now uh, hooking up with the healthcare companies to use the hotels as hospitals in case we do have you know a big wave so we're going to have a wave of these coronavirus uh, you know uh, and people infected and the wave could be quite high or it could be a flattened wave their objective is to flatten the wave and minimize it. But if it goes high, they're going to need a lot of hotel rooms uh, as hospitals, basically, right? So, oh, yeah. so hopefully this isn't that as big of a problem as it as it as it could be. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we're you know um, taking steps now to mitigate it. Uh, but healthcare industry, I mean, certainly is. Gosh, I think the Cleveland Clinic back in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, said they're where gonna, you're from. Yeah, yeah, they're going to utilize uh, hotel rooms across the way and. They're even implementing um, drive-through um, corona testing. So you don't even have to get out to do it. You just, just drive up and get tested and drive off. So it's a pretty interesting what people are coming up with. Yes. You know, it is also interesting. You know, we're all going to change our habits a lot. And it's going to be a different month or so or maybe even through the summer. So, you know, we're trying to figure out ways to have fun doing all these things. It's going to mm-hmm. be different. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is that even, like Chris mentioned earlier, MGM stock collapsed because they're not going to be doing uh, any casino gambling so you know things are really rough when when it's even uh, you you can't even do bad things like you can't even engage in bad behavior like 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 gambling in the sin the all the sin behavior in Las Vegas sin city's closing down i mean it's uh it makes sense but it's uh kind of i guess shows how drastic uh you know things are when yeah. you have win and mgm and all these places just voluntarily shutting down well, the good news, though, is that uh, even though there is a big divide politically in our country right now, and uh, the you know the president uh, who's had a actually very good economic record, uh, but not not as well liked as some presidents in the past. Uh, the people that don't like the president are getting along now. Uh, we actually had uh, Governor Newsom of California, who is not a Trump fan, say he had a great call with the president. The president did everything he said he was going to do, and we're very happy with working with the federal government. Uh, same situation happened with New York Governor Cuomo, who is not a fan of President Trump, and now they're actually getting along. And that's what we really need. You know, uh, politics and the circus in Washington is a completely different thing. But when we're in a crisis, we're all Americans. We all have to work together. And even in 9-11, 
2009, when all the other problems happened in America, America always seems to get together. Maybe only a few weeks, but we always seem to get together for the good of the country. So, um, but we're going to do a lot of different things. Last night, my wife and I realized that uh, since all the bars and restaurants are closing in Chicago, uh, we better go out uh, one more time. So we went to Pizzeria Douay. And Pizzeria Due is the sister uh, restaurant to Pizzeria Uno. Many people around the country know that chain, Pizzeria Uno. But the little dirty little secret, the Chicagoans go to Pizzeria Due. It's right down the block, not Uno, because that's where the tourist goes. Uh, but we bought some really, really big pizzas, so we'd have extra food for the week. Some of the stores are running out of toilet paper and everything Just else. food in general. I mean, it's, uh, you know, canned goods. <laughs> people are kind of stocking up. But, I mean... I think the important thing to note is, um, you know, I've seen several even news reports that the food supply chain in America isn't being, you know, just destroyed by this virus. It's still strong. They're still going to get stock. I think the problem is, is people are coming in so rapidly and fast that the, the grocery stores are just struggling to keep stocking the shelves and keep everything stocked. So um, it's funny what people run on. I mean, toilet paper on the base of necessities is pretty low and it's manufactured in America and it's you know probably something that they can just ramp up from machine processing pretty quickly so um, you know this fear of a toilet paper shortage is uh, you know pretty substantial yeah yeah although I was a boy scout and they taught us how to use leaves in case there was no toilet paper but let's not go there <laughs> uh, anyway so a lot of people are going to be working remotely in fact four star uh, on a regular basis as people working remotely and people maybe didn't realize that uh, but our whole firm is probably going to be remote for certain days this week and maybe next week uh, but everything 99.8% of what we can do here in the in the home office we can do remotely which is really great I know uh, Laura Swanson our head of administration her uh, her daughters are going to be doing remote classes my son Quinn is in a remote class at University of Illinois mm -hmm. Chicago so everything's going remote everything is going you know by computer and that's a cool thing that that can happen yeah uh, the Cook County court system in Chicagoland which is the largest single court system in America is also taking the month off entirely because they actually need to be in court. You kind of can't do court remote. Uh, but anyway, so the, we're, we're, we're changing a lot of things here. Um, you know, one of the things that I think uh, we need to be aware of, though, is this is a tough time, but yet uh, the human ingenuity is still there. Uh, people will come up with great things that come out of this decline. Uh, if anybody, anybody who's older remembers the 1970s, I was a young kid at the time. Uh, the 1970s bear market was worse than this bear market by far. It was down over 70% from top to bottom because of the oil crisis. And the oil, uh, West Texas Intermediate crude was about $3 a barrel. Almost overnight because of OPEC, it went to $18 a barrel. So any input cost that goes up sixfold overnight it's going to completely disrupt the economy. That's what it did. Mm -hmm. I was a 12-year-old boy at the time. I was just focused on going to scout camp. My experience was the, the bus fare to scout camp doubled. And so that was, my, uh, that was my experience in the 1970s. So that was catastrophic to a 12-year-old boy. Uh, but you know, clearly the markets collapsed. But people forget during that, during that period of time, Larry Ellison in Chicagoland founded Oracle Corporation, which is one of the largest software companies in the world now. Uh, Bill Gates and Paul Allen also founded Microsoft. And I remember by 19, I believe it was 84 or 85, 
we got an IPO uh, uh, offering from this little company called Microsoft. Like, What's that? You know, so so but that was founded in the depths of the of the oil crisis bear market in the 1970s. So some good things will come out of this. We'll learn new ways to operate uh, with all the somebody's calling us here. Sorry about that. With all the things going on uh, in the economy, people will find new things to do and new ways to achieve and and we'll learn new things as well. So, you know, let's try to look at this as an opportunity. Uh, we are looking for some things about normal life. Uh, you know, uh, what, what's going on that we're not just talking about coronaviruses and stock markets and things like that. And there are a lot of things going on, actually. Australia announced a big stimulus plan. I don't know if people realize this. So Australia hasn't had a recession in three decades. And so they're fearing they're going to have one because of the worldwide slowdown. So sure enough, uh, they, they did a stimulus program. So they're kind of getting in the game a little bit. Uh, President Trump is saying clearly before, you know, he, the press is, you know, pushing him to say, you know, did we do anything wrong? Are we doing everything right? And his comment was simply, we have to solve this virus issue before anything else. So what can we do about the stock market? Not much. What can we do about a lot of things? Not much. We have to solve the virus yep. and then we'll move on from there. Um, but nonetheless, uh, there will be, a, like I said, a lot of great things that come out of this. We had a presidential debate last night. And I think the only guy in America that wanted a presidential debate was Bernie because he's going after <laughs> Joe Biden to see who's going to oppose President Trump, right? Wants to get some shots um, in. Exactly. Or maybe Bernie's supporters, but uh, seemingly no one was watching. Uh, there's NFL free agency going on. There's things happening. There's action in Iraq. The coalition forces are moving against some of the bad players in the Iraq scene. Uh, President Putin took advantage of the uh, of the situation. He's now passed the law, but that he's basically now president for life. These things happen in bad economies when the when things are going on. Uh, you know, so so anyway, there's a lot of things that are also happening. Um, we're going to learn about spending time with our families. Maybe we'll watch more movies. So let's try to have some fun. Um, just for the record, we don't plan to make any fast moves. So we're taping this after the markets close on Monday, a very, very difficult day. Tuesday, this will be issued. So whatever the Tuesday markets are, we're not commenting on because we don't know what they are yet. But we don't plan to make any moves either way. Even if we have some strong rallies this week, we're going to wait it out and see how things develop. If the markets go lower, we're very well protected. If they go higher, we're still going to wait it out to make sure that we know what's happening. Right, Chris? Yep. So, so um, you know, one of the, one of the comments uh, that was made, I thought was pretty prescient. It said uh, by one of the professors, he said, before a pandemic happens, everything that is done seems like overkill. But once the pandemic begins, everything that is done is seemingly not enough. And that's where we are right now. Now some people are saying it may be overkill again for all the moves that we're making. But nonetheless, it's a, a very, very weird situation that we're in right now. Uh, but it's got to get solved. And I think they're doing a lot of good things in Washington to solve it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, like uh, President Trump said today um, in his remarks is, you know, what we do this next week or two is going to dictate how long this lasts, whether it ends in two months or ends in six or seven months. So a lot of what and I think that's, you know, starting to be hammered into people. And, you know, I think we're trying to take those protective actions to limit the uh, the effects of this. So, you know, we'll just have to kind of wait and see if what we did is right and, you know, hope innovation I mean, it's incredible what companies are doing. You have companies that used to manufacture luxury handbags that are now manufacturing, you know, whether it's 
things for it's just crazy all the ingenuities and it almost feels like you're like a war effort or something people are kind of turning their machines to be able to produce stuff to help with this pandemic so um you know when when humankind comes together you know miraculous things happen so um, hopefully we kind of have some medical breakthroughs and can stem this and you know move forward so everybody, let's try to have some fun. Let's order takeout from five different restaurants and see what it's like. Uh, let's spend time with our kids. Uh, maybe read a book. There's a lot of things we can do that we probably haven't done in a while. So let's have some fun with it. Uh, just so everybody knows, Four Star will be here uh, whenever the markets are open. Uh, we're available if you need us. If you have friends that are freaking out over this market who haven't had the protection that we've brought to our clients, we're happy to talk to them. Uh, it's a very difficult time for some people. And unfortunately, a lot of people weren't terribly prepared for this. So um, anyway, we're here. Uh, the team may be remote, but if you call our numbers, you'll get us live as if we're sitting in the office. So uh, anyway, um, let's, have a, let's make it a good week, and we'll probably check in with everybody next week. Yep. Take care, everyone. All right, over and out, and thanks so much.